0: You get out of my way welcome to my
1: world pay attention i learned something welcome ladies and gentlemen to the 12th episode of the valorant show i'm your host taylor Reflection Snowball, joined by troy tuttle aka too loud feels good to be back for the 12th episode and i wouldn't want any other person to talk to than troy troy how you feeling Man, what's going
0: on? What's going on? Man, it has been a week of Valorant and a lot of news coming out, some leaks happening today as we're recording this. So, I know it might be a day later than people are used to, Taylor, but we're bringing it, we're bringing it with some some good stuff.
1: I'm not gonna lie. I'm glad that we actually waited a day. I know you were out fishing, doing your thing. You had a good was, time. Was. catching those uh, those bass and well actually your brother was catching the bass or at least uh, your I, caught, was I caught I
0: caught quite a bass. few. I got a couple three pounders, you know, for all the fishermen out there. A Couple three pound largemouth bass. Got a four. My my brother caught a seven pound largemouth bass on his first cast of the weekend. So that's insane, man. It started that's off insane. well, but it, it was a, it was a fun weekend and uh, for any fishermen out there, it, it was a good time. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter and we can share pictures and talk about it but yeah oh, it, was, Hex, it was a good time Hex is
1: going to be in your DMs man you know Hex right? he's all about the fishing he's always out there doing a the thing no I'm glad that you had a good time man. I haven't been fishing in a while I would love to go fishing but I spent too much time playing Valorant and casting so that's kind of where my uh, loyalty lies at least as of right now but it's good like I said to be back 11th episode I got to say we appreciate you out there and we want to keep that appreciation going so let's go ahead and hop into our community feedback Ask the Agents <sighs> So much learned this day. A victory on many fronts.
0: Well, Taylor, like you said, once again, we got a bunch of new comments, uh, a bunch of people interacting with the show. Guys, we really do appreciate you continuing to interact with us, to comment, to leave your reviews. Uh, it, is, it is very helpful for us to learn what you guys want to hear about and also uh, to see if the show's actually good or not. So I'm glad they're liking it, Taylor. Hopefully, that's a sign that we're doing a decent job. But again, with us this week is Foot Knife. Uh, commenting about the Fortnite podcast. Uh, I'm glad you guys that also listen to that show also enjoy this one. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, it's been a little break time. You know, Fortnite's in a little different of a, of a season. Uh, competitive's kind of getting reworked out. They're having a bunch of different stuff. So Monster's busy too, but we will keep those shows coming to you as well. But thank you guys so much for continuing to support us no matter where we are, whether it's here on the, the Valorant show or over on the Fortnite
1: podcast as well. Taylor, we also got Dino. 4529. Dino coming back, right? Leaving another comment. We appreciate him, right? Coming through says, I love the show. Great content. Hi again. Guys, thanks so much for featuring me a couple of episodes ago. Do you guys like the new Oni collection that came out a few days ago? I want to buy it, but the wallet can't take another beating. Man, can I feel that one? I relate to the core with that. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about uh having the ability to buy grenades as well and flashes and smokes like in CSGO? so that operators won't dominate as much. Also, what would you like to see for new guns? So let's start with the first one, the Oni collection. I'm not gonna lie, uh, I'm incredibly impressed with it. I love it. And what's most, I think, influential for myself is uh, the, the overall kill animation, man, right? When you get that final elimination, that yeah. animation is one of the best ones currently in the game. I think we've seen a lot of
0: things kind of like fall from the top, right? You have the sword that falls from the top of the Sovereign Collection uh you know we we saw you know the reaper collection where they in the beta where they kind of like you know go up in a ball and you know explode or whatever it was disappear um you know and and obviously with the ember the you know the dragons we've got to see them light mm-hmm. them on fire right uh with the ember collection but i think really uh the thing that's about the omni collection so different is it's it's not that animation from the top it's like this right. lockdown right that lockdown animation that comes from the ground so it's it's different than the other collections they're they're making us people that love these things really uh enticed to go buy them and they're they're giving us every every reason to, Taylor, and I'm you know my pocketbook is just like yours dino. I didn't I didn't buy the whole collection. I just went down and bought the Phantom this time. Uh and I really do like the Phantom a lot and and of course grinding to get that radiantite just so I don't have to mm-hmm. spend a lot more money to level it up, but yeah, I you know I keep going back to that knife though, man. That little claw, two oh, yeah, claw love it. thing, and I oh yeah. I might have to buy it, Taylor. I don't know. And at that <laughs> point, do you just buy the bundle? Like ah uh, the the stress they're putting me the into. But uh, he also went on to you know talk about the grenades and the flashes and the smokes. Yep. Um, I think that's what makes this game different, right? Is right. those abilities. And I think if you did that, it would take away from the identity of what Valorant is, and at the core of. What we're going to talk about later on with what happens when new agents come in with certain abilities and how they will affect the meta in the game.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm right with you. I was going to say the same thing. You know, the uh, agent abilities is the unique thing about this game, and uh, I don't think they want it to be like CSGO, and I think they made that very apparent in the very beginning, even though it's got a lot of comparisons, and I think rightly so. It is its own genre. It is its own game, and because of that, uh, I wouldn't like personally to see flashes, smokes, grenades uh, being bots, right? I think that's why you would want to raise. If you want grenades, choose raise. right? If you want your smokes, go Brimstone. Go Omen, right? If you want... to to go that route maybe even your jets um you know if you want your flashes go breach you know go uh phoenix right those agents are there for a reason and you know having utility across the board such as flashes smokes and grenades it would kind of take the uniqueness out for these agents and you can kind of run anything you wanted because you know at the end of the day you could just buy whatever you wanted
0: well, it also doesn't speak to the, the, the team play that they're trying to really push for here, right? It is mm. the combo of, you have smokes, you have nades, let's organize this. And this is why Valorant at a very high level is so fun to watch. Because when they have this, when they're on sync, when they use these abilities together to push and take over an area, those are the moments, I think, that are just really shine for Valorant uh, and really shine to the team chemistry that is required to play Valorant at a very high level. Um, you know, even if it comes down to like something as simple as, you know, pushing with a bot, why someone else is also flying in the drone, right? Raises bot, drop her bot, also fly the drone, have a team push behind those two things, right? Uh, those, those type of communication and abilities is what make Valorant, I think, spark so much. And he talks about guns. I don't remember them recalling how often they were going to talk, how often they were going to
1: release a weapon, I don't think
0: that's been... I don't, I don't, th- in-
1: I don't think they ever mentioned yeah, anything I don't about think weapons. Agents, th- yes, but not weapons. I
0: think we talked a little bit about it. They were really happy with the combo that they currently have. Uh, they right. tested it for a long time. Uh, and so they were happy with the balance. I remember we spoke about that from an article a while back. Uh, maybe one of you listeners can, can help us out in the comments and tell us which episode that was. But we did talk about that a little bit. And so I, I don't... I'm not really looking for new weapons. I'm not really looking for new guns at this point. Uh, when we turn around in a year or so, maybe that's something I'm really I'm more excited to get new maps and new agents at this point
1: yeah that's what I'm looking for I think that's what you know the consensus is you know new guns you know I, I wouldn't mind them uh maybe in like a spike rush adding a new gun like a fun gun you know they have the golden gun in there and that that's kind of unique right you don't see that in normal gameplay uh so I'm not opposed for maybe more game modes having different style of weapons maybe kind of reimagine weapons but uh for the most part yeah new guns I, I don't see them adding any plus you know honestly I don't need any I'm, I'm happy with the selection that we have I find myself that there is enough for variety that uh, at any amount of credits I can pick whatever I want and uh you know have a good time with it. So for me, I'm happy with it. I don't need any new guns personally, but like I said, they could play around with other game modes. I think that could be fun.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely game modes would be a blast. Would be a blast as well. And it looks like our next our our, our next commenter here, our listener jay psalm 11 uh he also maybe have some things that he's ready to see change and uh maybe the ranking system, but he says here Great podcast. I've been a bronze three Valorant player looking to make the jump to silver and gold. I've been stuck at bronze two to three all season. We know that balance, right, Taylor, of of going between those ranks. Can't seem to get over that hump. Uh, I love hearing you guys give tips and updates. Keeps me updated. Do you guys have any tips for a mediocre player like me? Thanks. Keep mm. up the great work. Well, first off, Psalms, you know, mediocre player, uh, I don't know that. I don't think any of us really know where we lie yet because the ranking system has been so crazy this season. It seems like where everybody gets placed, they're within two or three ranks back and forth constantly. Uh, We have a friend named Hunter who plays with us quite often, and I think he's gone up the ranks quite a bit and then come back down to gold, right? And so uh, I, I don't think you're the only one with this struggle.
1: No, you're not. And actually, recently, I, unfortunately, there was a bug that you could win as many games as you wanted. You wouldn't uh, you wouldn't upgrade, right? You wouldn't go to the next level, but you lose one game and you would drop down. Apparently, it was a visual bug. Incredibly frustrating. People are like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. But as we know, with the guy who was in charge of the ranking structure, he ended up leaving the company. And because of that, kind of left the Valorant team high and dry. And uh, that's why they have uh, slowly been redeveloping the ranking system. We'll be covering that a little bit later. But for the most part, honestly, for any of you listeners out there, and including yourself, J Palm, like the biggest thing to note is this rankings, you know, this is only the first uh, you know ideology if you will the first iteration yeah. for the ranking structure and it's not smoothed out whatsoever and as you know like I said before right the guy leaving you know that put a hamper on thing so with it being redeveloped start taking it more seriously and, and you know kind of uh, putting your eggs in one basket if you will as we push into the future with it but right now this season which is kind of a trial run so don't take it to heart too much right if you're in bronze two bronze three and you can't you know elevate yourself a little bit further don't worry or stress yourself out too much wait until the next season because you're going to improve and also the ranking structure should be a lot better so you'll be able to rank up maybe easier. I think the one key I would give to you if not only just about ranking up is important
0: but really having a good time with Valorant is just find a group of guys to play with that are maybe even close within a couple ranks from you. And you guys grind together, right? You you know the right. struggle. You know it's there, and that's really how you get better. Uh, and so my my number one suggestion to anybody that's trying to rank up is, man, find a group, start working out the chemistry. As I talked about before, like having those combos of of agents and their abilities work together, and getting better with that. Man, you can win games with some very easy techniques if your team can just get on that scale. And I think I'm preaching to you and me both, Taylor, when I say
1: that, <laughs> right? Like that's
0: even for us to listen to. So uh, we we know that struggle also well. Uh, but you guys, man, keep your heads up. And, I, you know, as you said, we're going to be talking about it here in a second. But a new ranking system is right around the corner. Uh, and speak of right around the corner, let's go ahead and run it back.
1: Yeah, let's bring it back.
0: So let's kick it off. Sentinels winning the Valorant PAX
1: Arena Invitational. Are you surprised by this? You know what? I, I can't lie. I think the North American side of things, the competition is starting to really spread out. Before, it was, you know, your dominant teams winning TSM, T1. You knew going into an event who was going to end up in Grand Finals. Now, you don't necessarily know. Now, granted, Sentinels is a fantastic team. Top four, right? One of the best teams out there in North America. But we're seeing a lot of shifting. We've seen uh, seen G win events. We've uh, witnessed Immortals win events. We've witnessed TSM. T1 win events, right? So, at Cloud9, for example, winning events. So, the competition right now is the closest it has ever been. And it's encouraging to know because the game hasn't been out for that long. Sentinels winning, fantastic work from them. I'm not going to lie, their roster is solid, right? If you don't know, Shazam, Six, Sinatra, Zoms, and Dapper, these guys are insane. And I know Sentinels right now has to be feeling good for getting this victory because if you remember, Troy, at the very beginning when Sentinels uh, you know, announced their roster, there was a lot of pressure on them, and they yeah. did not uh, deliver, right? They were struggling, and they look like one of the weakest teams out there, but now they've came together, they are working together very well, and it clearly shows as they just win packs.
0: Well, I'm interested to see where ESPN's placement, you know, they've been doing the ranking yes, show where they rank weeks. these, so... You know, Tyler and Arda, they're going to have a tough one on their hands now uh, because I think this, this tournament really mixes things up quite a bit. For everybody that's wondering out there, I think the teams that were in those quarterfinals, you could have predicted these teams. But yeah. I think for the with with the exception of one, uh, which is the team Homeless that went against yes. T1 and actually beat them 2-0 to move on uh, and play Cloud9, got 2-0'd by Cloud9. But once again, we also saw a lot of 2-0's happening in this uh, in this tournament, which is really crazy to see. But you had, you know, you had TSM and Envy in the quarterfinals, uh, Sentinels playing Gen G. They beat Gen 2 1 there, by the way, uh, to move on and play TSM, who they 2 0 and to get to the final. Then T1 and, and Homeless, as I said, Homeless beating T1 uh, to play Cloud 9 who beat Immortals 2 0. And sending yeah. Cloud Nine, and I think this really, I think this tournament more so than showing Sentinels was great, is really showing that Cloud Nine is real.
1: Yeah, Cloud9 has been performing well, haven't they? I mean, you know, they've won various tournaments in the past. They made what? They made grand finals in the Pulse Invitational, right? They ended up falling just behind that of Gen.G. Uh, during one of the charity tournaments, I ended up casting the esports dog with the United um, they ended up getting first place, beating Gen.G. It seems like every time you're looking at a tournament, Gen.G. will play Cloud9. In this instance, they did it. but Cloud9 being in finals consistently, you're right. It shows they are real, and a lot of people say that Tens on that roster, you know, is he overrated? And I don't think he is. He's consistently making plays. He's uh, not. He's not leading the team. He's actually not the IGL, believe it or not. I think if you think of Cloud9, you would see tense as the biggest personality and you would say oh he's got to be the IGL but he's actually not. It is, in fact, uh, Shinobi, who's the IGL. And uh, I got to say, he's been doing some uh, fantastic stuff with that roster. He's been leading the way and, and playing very well. I'm impressed by him. I really am. But you mentioned a team that I want to discuss a little bit more. And that's Homeless. Because, like you said, Homeless made some big upsets beating out T1. T1 has been, it's it's actually a meme in the community. It seems as if they've been, you know, tournament dodging um, for quite some time. In fact, uh, even for the Pulse Invitational, T1 didn't play, but T1 one academy did which was quite interesting but homeless ended up beating them 2-0 and I was watching that match take place and I was looking at the analysts and I was looking at the commentators and I believe it was you know obviously WTF Moses was hosting it then you had Puckett and Pansy who were casting it and uh you know they were just harping at how good you know T1 is and this is going to just be a runaway but it wasn't homeless ended up taking it but let me list off this roster depth Lasky uh, Superman, Poised, and Psalm. Okay? SOM, by the way, is there. If,
0: if there's any team SOM is on, you yep. better be scared. Look, I know this guy personally. I've had him on my show multiple times in Fortnite. I've done interviews with him at events. I've seen him in the clutch moments At the Fortnite World Cup, there is I'm telling you, ice runs through this man's veins, bro. Oh yeah, and he knows how to work a team. He's a very smart, intelligent player. He can see the whole field, and having him on Homeless, having him on that team, I'm telling you, is very critical to their play. And I I think it just comes to show like people like Psalm just surprising and and and, uh, surprising people when they're on teams. And it kind of goes back to that like Cloud Nine thing with Vice. Vice still isn't signed by Cloud Nine. How many tournaments does he have to actually show up and be at Taylor for them to actually sign him? Like at this yep. point, they've made the quarterfinals. They've won a, a tournament with him. They've made they made the the the, the grand finals twice with him. Like holy cow, sign this man!
1: I know you know this is the thing. And by the way, I want to give a, 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 I want to shout out their name. By the way, homeless. I love that name. Why? Because Mm -hmm. so many people are so unoriginal. Whenever they don't have an org, they go orgless, right? Together we are terrific. No idea what that was. Well, actually, I think we know at the end of the day what that that was. was (laughs) was the acronym. (laughs) But I love the fact that Homeless, right? It's just a cool name. But you're right. Someone needs to sign these guys. And I love the interview uh, that they conducted. They actually uh, interviewed Psalm. Really fantastic interview where he ended up laying out and said, you know, we haven't been playing together that long because I believe they've only been playing like a couple of weeks. But they just kind of came together and played very, very well, right? And it just seems yep. they're all personalities. They, they, they kind of uh, mesh together very well, and it just works. And I know Psalm gets a lot of attention because of his previous experience, but one of the most uh, kind of underrated, maybe, uh, you know, undertones of the team was Superman, or Superman, yep. excuse me. Yep. Superman, by the way, is a previous Crossfire competitor. Now, Crossfire is a game that takes place, or at least used to be super popular. It was huge in China. Absolutely huge in China. And it has much of the same aspects as CSGO. You can kind of translate you know, the headshots whenever it comes to uh, Valorant. But uh, Superman was a dominant figurehead in that scene. And he was a player that can consistently lock on heads whenever it came to Crossfire. But he translated those skills over towards Valorant. And it showed. It absolutely showed in that victory versus T1 and we now know who he is we now take him seriously I was very curious by the way I was looking on Reddit and I was kind of reading through some of the the posts because I wanted to learn a little bit more about uh, Superman and they were discussing them uh there is some allegations I guess in the past maybe of, of so you know quote-unquote cheating I don't know hmm. what that is I don't care what that is until you know the real story does come out and things like that in no way shape or form by the way is that related to Valorant. I just want to point that out, but apparently it just goes I guess in the past crossover. Who I don't know. That guy was the guy who ended up the 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 original poster of that uh article or whatever on on Reddit that post. He was so cryptic. It was it was really weird. But the point is, this roster is serious and they may be homeless now, but they're going to get picked up and whoever picks them up, man, they are going to win some money. I got to ask you though, as we walk through these final placements,
0: Sentinels walking away with 10 grand. Cloud Nine, five, uh, Team Solo mid three, Homeless three. Like I would typically say, Oh, those are awesome prizes. It's showing the you know big how big Valorant is, but man, the things we've seen over the past couple of years with tournaments, PAX yep. Arena only giving 10 grand to the first place. I gotta ask you, Taylor, is it a little disappointing in a way?
1: I would say so, yeah. But I mean, you gotta think though, Pax runs multiple tournaments, right? And they gotta kind of spread that price pool out. You know, this is going to be a discussion that's going to happen in just a little bit. And I, I know it's kind of a bonus. We didn't add it onto the script. But, you know, when it comes to the EU organizations, they're not investing in Valorant. And there are some reasons why that is the case. And I think that can be applied maybe over towards PAX and with them only giving out $10,000. The viewership, by the way, for this event was phenomenal. I, I do believe it, you know, 50, 70,000 viewers at the very end. It was absolutely insane. And when you look at viewership like that and you're getting viewership and getting that many eyes on something such as PAX and you're only giving away $10,000, you're getting tremendous value for that company. Yeah. And with this only being an online event, right, because of COVID, you can't run PAX traditionally like you would like to at a land style. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, man, they, they walked away with, with a lot of publicity, and uh, who knows, maybe it was highly impactful for them. I don't think 10000 was enough. I really don't, especially for PAX. But like I said, they run a lot of different tournaments, and either way, you got to think, these guys are playing from home, and they're still yep. able to play for $10,000.
0: I'm just ready to see on, you know, the, the, as we go through these Valorant tournaments, uh, and we have the, the, the Invitationals, and as these things come into pass, I really can't wait until Riot steps up and does some first party things. Right. Oh, like yeah. It's going to be insane. They do things on a crazy level with league and I can't wait to see them do it here. I, I have to say this before we move on. Super disappointed. Um, I'm super let down by, by, you know, fans of some of these teams. Um, but dude, a hundred thieves, not even in the top 10. Like, yeah, you invest that kind of money with that org with Hiko is something going on there, Taylor? Do you expect
1: a change in the near future? You know, so this is a thing about 100 Thieves. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, an unkept secret uh, or an open secret, if you will, that Hiko did not have the chance to pick out his team. He didn't hand select the yeah. members on his roster, right? It was kind of given to him. And so that was, I think there was, a, there was an upcoming tournament and they said, you know, we got to play in this tournament. Here's your four people. Lead them. This is your project, right? So there's been a lot of of talk about that and how it's affecting Hiko. But you're right. You know, 100 thieves. You know, not even coming out of uh, of group stages is is pretty rough. You know, when you think about 100 thieves, you think about the pedigree that they hold in multiple different esports. You know, whether whether it be Call of Duty, whether it be League of Legends, and and so on and so forth. Their Valorant team is not performing, and you know the person I feel the uh, the worst about. I honestly has got to be Hiko once again because he didn't get to pick of ro- his roster. But more importantly, he is absolutely the biggest celebrity on that team. He's got a lot of eyes on him, and when yep. Hundred Thieves doesn't perform well, it's you gotta you, that's got to be a ton of pressure on his on his shoulders, yep. right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but one thing we don't get to
0: pick either, Taylor is when Act 1 ends, and it's ending on mm. August 4th. It's right around the corner, my friend. Uh, just, what, little over a, a week away, essentially? Um, yeah, about eight days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think when this comes out on Tuesday of the 28th, it's exactly a week away. So, like, that will be insane if you haven't finished your Battle Pass. Cancel your plans this weekend. Get to grinding if you ever get all 50 levels. Um, Taylor, I don't know how close you are. I'm going to talk about this in our match point, but I'm I'm going to be grinding that as well. But yeah, August 4th, do you think it's been enough time?
1: I do. I do. I think it's been enough time. You know what? It, this is the thing about it. Let's look at Fortnite, for example, and let's like, because I know a lot of these, you know, some of these listeners do come from, you know, the Fortnite scene, and obviously have listened to the Fortnite podcast. And, you know when Fortnite was uh, in its glory days, I would call it right, season one through ten, and you had or uh, you had the seasons, which would come out what like every sixty or so days, every seventy days, yep. right? It it was it was fresh, right? You you continually had content to grind for, to play for, and then chapter two, season one comes out, and then what? It's like a hundred plus days, and then we see yep. a new a new season, right? And it got boring, it got old. There was no reason to play. I maxed out my battle pass. I learned everything, right? The storylines, the lore. There just wasn't anything for me to grind for. So yeah, you know what? I'm happy with uh, with these acts being as short as they are because let's face it, right? There's going to be, what, two acts for each episode? So it's plenty of content, fresh new battle pass. I'm ready to go. I know you're going to talk about later. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. I'm only a 1,000 XP away from, uh, from level 50. That's it, 1,000 XP. One spike Ooh, rush, and I'm wow. going to be maxed out, baby. And I'm happy. But you know what? I will say this. You caught me I'm, and you passed me, my friend. I did. I did. Well, you know what? You had to go fishing, man. While you I were did, fishing, I, I was did, grinding. I so, you know, hey, you take your pick of what you want to do. Uh, but Troy, I'm not going to lie, though. I, I really feel this this first battle pass was really, really underwhelming. I, I really do.
0: I mean, it, it is, I mean, but it's the first iteration, right? I mean, you, you look That's at true. the Battle Pass from, uh, from Fortnite the first time around, and actually Season 1 didn't even have a Battle Pass, you had to get to level 30 just to unlock, uh, you know, the skin that was there, Renegade Raider at the time, I think it was. Um, and anyways, I, I think that on this one, they're going to reiterate, they're going to probably have cooler skin, a cooler skin set to show. Instead of having the same skin just reskin for each gun, I'd rather them have a different skin like even if it's more of a generic skin i'd rather them have something different at each level maybe even something that's really cool at level 50 to entice you to get there i'm also interested to see if they rebalance this pass there was a lot of controversy up front that it was 100 hours just for 50 levels will they extend it and say okay we'll double the amount of rewards we'll extend to level 100 like most battle passes are um and still require that 100 hour limit right sure. so we'll see I- i'm interested to see what changes they make we've seen a lot of changes happening. Um, whether it be from the ranking system right to balancing uh, certain agents uh, as we've gone throughout the season. So I think I I have high hopes that Act 2 is going to bring quite a bit of changes and a big update for us. And I am, as well, very, very excited for it uh, as we continue to go on. But as I said, changes to the ranks. Taylor, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about this and give everybody a good understanding as best as you can. It confuses the tar out of me every time (laughs) I read it. Uh, But we are getting a new ranking system and we're getting this triangle with all these other triangles
1: in it. So can can you tell me about that a little bit? So it is kind of confusing. I'm not going to lie. But I mean, you know what? I think it was confusing for the Valorant team to come up with themselves, right? They had that curveball thrown at them. Their right. ranking guy literally ended up leaving the company. So I'm uh, I'm happy with at least them redeveloping it so quickly. And it's obviously hopefully going to be out by uh, the end of this act. But uh, yeah, so the way that it works is basically you're going to have a series of different... I believe it's your like top eight or nine games. I think it's your top nine games. And those yep. are all going to be featured in this triangle thing if you are like a radiant kind of thing, right? And mm-hmm. I do believe the bottom right uh triangle is going to showcase your best win or your best rank or something like that or like your highest rank that you had. And I, I assume once you fill it up with like at least kind of comparable to your best game, then I assume you rank up. Is that does that sound right to you, Troy?
0: Yeah, so I yeah and that's kind of how I understand it as well. Basically if you reach diamond, let's just say if you reach diamond but you end up dropping down to gold, as long as you still have, I believe it's like the majority of your game's diamond, you'll still be listed as a diamond player for your act rank. Right. Right. As long as, as you held diamond for a minimum of nine wins. So as long as you had nine wins in diamond, you're going to keep your diamond rank as your like emblem, right, for that act. Um, but you will still drop down to gold and you'd be competing against, you know, whatever, whoever they match you with when you go down. doesn't mean like you're still going to be matched with diamond players every single time. Uh, the right. rank, the, 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 you know, the matchmaking will still adjust, but yeah, you'll have this overall ranking. I think it's really cool because it does show, Hey, you you've succeeded. You've, you've reached this point. Here's your reward. Here's your mark of excellence. Right. To say, uh, for you, for the hard work you put in, um, nine games is a lot of games to win. Um, I don't know if I've won nine games in a row in gold at <sighs> this point, uh, obviously I don't think I have, otherwise I probably wouldn't be in gold anymore. Yeah. Uh, so if it's nine wins, um, and how I understand it it's just nine wins at gold, so that means like if I went to gold and bounced down to silver and then got back to gold and then won a game before I bounced sure. back down, like it right. does count, so hopefully that's how it's gonna be, uh, but I think we'll
1: all start to get a little more accustomed to it as it rolls out, yeah, you know, I either way, I'm happy with it. One of the things that I think people are gonna find so cool about this new ranking system is the fact that uh you will in fact. Uh, just like any other multiple other ranking systems um, at the end of each act, whenever that does conclude your rank for that act will be saved in your career tab. And that's going to be along with all act one competitive data. So for that one act, you'll be able to track, okay, I was able to achieve this rank. I was able to, you know, have whatever competitive data that they do in fact uh, end up releasing, which by the way, that could be a plethora of things. You look at uh, other games. Once again, I go back to Fortnite. Um, you know, that showed what uh, they would send out a a competitive diagram at the very end, right? Remember in your email? And that would show what, how many wins that you had, how many games that you played, sometimes even your KD and things like that. So they might be tracking that. And if they do, then you'll have a comparable way of looking at if you have improved throughout act, act, act. So that's a solid, solid addition.
0: Yeah, I think that's really cool. They're also going to take it to where uh, as you have that data and they save that data, you're only going to need 3 games to get your rank the following the following act instead of 5. So they're going to kind of take a little bit of that and say okay, here here's three new games so it gives you that hey, here's where you were, three new games and you're going to get your new rank for your yep. uh for the new act. So um, yeah, a lot of new things coming. I think we're going to still work out the kinks, see how it works. I think Riot's probably going to work out some kinks as well. Just like anything new, I expect it to have maybe some issues, but they'll keep getting better at it as they already are, right? And I think that's what's the most encouraging thing, Taylor, is that we're getting something new. They're working on it to make us all feel better. And, you know, just like our, just like our buddy, you know, uh, Psalm, and, and yep. as the agents, look, we're all going to be
1: happy a new ranking systems around. And Troy, hey, you're speaking of new things, right? We talked about the uh, the new changes. Talk to me about this new agent, Killjoy. Mm. He ended up coming out. We know uh, Killjoy is going to be a Sentinel, right? But explain what that means first and foremost, and what does Killjoy even look like?
0: Yeah, so this is really cool. This is one of the things we were really excited that we actually waited a day to record this podcast so we could bring this all to you guys. It just came out today. Uh, it was actually leaked by Riot, so this isn't like, you know, going into the files and somebody yeah. found something and we're it's digging it up. Right. This is like a, a real article that came out. Uh, they did take it down from my understanding uh, and they'll put it back up at a later date, but it got released early. It was the American version uh, of, of Play Valorant, which is the article series we've talked a bit, little bit about here on the show. And uh, it leaked Killjoy, as you said. He's a new Sentinel. I think, I, I don't know if it's a he or a she. I don't, I don't know if they've identified this character yep. yet, uh, but it is a Sentinel class for sure. Um, and man, you know what he talked a little smack or she or talked a little smack to my brimstone, okay And the little editor notes and that's where we're going to start off here The editor notes that were in the uh, article that were clipped away were Uh, it said this these notes and this is obviously kind of the role play kind of the the lore behind a valorant But it said these notes were found among the files of killjoy They're uh, they're here without alteration. The first file is undated and there's a good reason to believe it was written to roast a brimstone. Oh, man, I'm getting salty as soon as I read that. You know, my man Brimstone. He said, okay, Brimstone, I've read your beginner's guide. All right? And this mm. was like highlights. So I want to go read this beginner's guide, by the way. It had a link to it. So i got to go find that. A <laughs> uh, Beginner's guide. Maybe too long, though. All you needed to say was, have me on your team. I know you like the things you do when you tell, when you tell the sky. But with me, tactics beat firepower. So let me remind you how I've already thought of everything. So a little, 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 I mean, little attitude here coming out of like Killjoy like straight it. into the game, man. And, and I, I'm a little excited, I'm not going to lie, after seeing these abilities, but let's run through them a little bit here, Taylor. First one, Alarm Bot. Equip and deploy a bot that hunts down enemies who dare to get in range. When my killer robot friend reaches its target, Boom! Goes the idiot? <laughs> like this, I love this writing. <laughs> by the way, uh, Alarm Bot not only deals damage; it temporarily leaves affected targets vulnerable to double damage from all sources. Hold equipment if you want to recall your deployed bot. So just like uh, my man Cipher, if you want to repick it up, pick up the cage, re-pick up your tripwire, uh, you can go ahead and do that. The same thing with Alarm Bot. But for everybody that hasn't seen the video yet, Alarm Bot is essentially just like a cyber cage. You throw it down the ground, it has a radius. But the difference is, from what we can tell so far, is that as soon as someone steps into that circle, it automatically, the robot takes off from the middle of the circle and mm-hmm. it runs towards them and blows up. Now, yep. given that it has the effect of being able to shoot it, I don't know how much health it's going to have, nor do we know how, how quick it really is because we only saw it work in this small radius really fast. That's right, yep. But uh, the, the robot, or the, the alarm bot did blow up and they shot it with uh, a regular pistol, right? And a common pistol just one time, and and the enemy was dead. So seems pretty powerful, Taylor.
1: Yeah, it does. And I believe it slows as well, right? So that's one of the benefits of the Alarm Bot. Curious to see how it's going to work. And I do believe uh, it just stays there, right, once once you do deploy it, right? So it just yep. stays there, and uh, essentially you can use that as a— Guards uh, as the as area. Like, it guards the area, right? So it basically just— acts as your like cipher wire right your trip wire right so that's an yeah. interesting thing i i like the fact that we are getting more uh, u- uh utility more abilities to be able to kind of stop those flanking opportunities so you talked about alarm bot we also have the turret and yes i said turret right now i think that's going to make a lot of people very very uncomfortable because when you think about a turret you think about being overpowered right so The wording for this is sometimes it's good to plant some roots. Deploy a turret that fires at enemies within its 180-degree cone. Hold equip to recall the deployed turret. So you can get that turret back if you deploy it. Now, I don't know if there's going to be a cooldown. There might be, much like Cypher's uh, uh, camera, right? There's like, what, a 15-second cooldown if you pick it up. But he goes on to say, With my turrets, I can hold an area pretty well myself, while the others cover the angles I can't. So with that being said... The turret is a three-round burst turret, and it's not as overpowered, at least from the video that we've seen, as people would like to think. But the one unique aspect about the turret, and the one unique aspect about Killjoy in general is the turret will provide separation, and it's going to make an enemy move out of the way. You don't want to take excess damage. So once that turret is placed and it starts shooting, it's going to give away the enemy's position. You're going to know they're there. You might take some HP off the enemies, and more importantly, you're going to force them to rotate or take your turret out, which is absolutely going to mean that you know that enemy team is going to be there. So a turret is unique, not as OP when it comes to damage, but it might be OP with determining the enemy's location.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't. It doesn't look very strong. We also don't know the range, right? I, I'm guessing it's going to be pretty close. Something like if, if it's in the circle of, uh, right? I don't think it's going to be, hey, if you put it down and it can see it, right? It's that far away. It's going to actually shoot. Um, I immediately think, though, of Split, right? In the B site. You coming out of a Garage, you know, people all, always put up a wall there, a sage wall. Or they'll drop a smoke there, right? And they'll push through and just push their way onto site and then try to take over Heaven. But I can think, imagine if someone puts up a Sage Wall there, and you're Killjoy, and you can throw your turret over the wall as they come in. Like, just imagine some of the plays that are going to come from this, Taylor, as it excites me. Um, And also, I don't think it's going to have a lot of health. I would imagine it's going to be a one- or two-shot kind of kill thing. Sure, yeah. Um, It's not going to have a lot of health. It's not going to do a lot of damage, but it's going to be that distraction. It's going to be that thing that is the tipping point a lot of times in a fight, and that's what I'm so interested to see. Uh the last uh, the third ability that that uh that Killjoy has is Nano Swarm. It mm-hmm. says, "Okay, check this out. Throw a grenade. When it lands, it goes quiet. Then activate the Nano Swarm to deploy a damaging swarm of nanobots and catch the enemy crying." I love this trick. <laughs> now, uh again, obviously I love the 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 personality they are putting into these descriptions uh that we took them from, but what I think about Nanobot, again, going back, it's very similar to uh, the first ability for Killjoy, which is Alarm Bot, because it's that radius thing. It sits on the ground. It's there. It has to be triggered, or you trigger it, right? So I don't know if this is going to be uh, a lot like uh, Viper, where she can just u- use her poison or gas and use her abilities, You know, put her wall back up at any time she wants to, sure, or, yeah, yeah. or her cloud at any time she wants to, or she has the, the poison to do so. I don't know if it's that or it's going to be direct sight or line of sight like Cypher does where he has to look at the cage to engage it, right? So it's going to be interesting to see. It did seem to do quite a bit of damage, but it a is lot. just like a Molly. It will stop that push. That's right. Um, and that's what I love. I love this, however, on the flip side, Taylor, as we start to round out this character with the ultimate lockdown and you and, and you tell everybody about this. I'm just curious. Man, how hard is it going to be to push on
1: site with a character like this? That's that's the thing, right? And you know what? I think this is going to be more so, I honestly more powerful than Cypher. And I'm kind of curious where Cypher's uh kind of agent ranking cuz right now it's like 100% pick rate. With uh, you know, this new agent coming in of Killjoy, will it take Cypher's place? I'm very curious or Will maps become that much harder, like you said, to push on site when you have a Killjoy and a Cypher in conjunction with each other? So I'm super curious where Killjoy is going to rank in terms of the agent and what will its pick rate be? It's all about the turret with this agent and even with the ultimate. The ultimate is called Lockdown. Now, the wording is you'll have to adjust your timing for the windup. But once you get this device going, it detains all the enemies caught in its radius for about eight seconds. Yeah, enemies can't destroy it, except I built plenty more. So this is very interesting, and I actually want you to describe this, because you were the one who kind of, you know, helped me understand the, the power of this. Because when I looked at this, I was like, okay, it's not as powerful as it may seem, because it takes, you know, like it says at the very beginning, you'll have to adjust your timing for the windup. So I was like, ah, it takes forever to wind up and actually use, and because of that, it's not as powerful as it seems. But you talked about spacing out the enemy. Why don't you go a little bit more into detail with that?
0: Yeah, so, and again, this is all drawn from what we've seen so far. So I'm, I might not be 100% correct, but how it appeared from the videos that was leaked and the things that we saw is uh, basically it's a huge bubble, right? It's a huge bubble that goes above the map, up and over. It doesn't, it's not contained by a wall space. It's not contained by a line of sight. It is literally just a bubble. Imagine putting down like a, 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 st- you know, a little thing in the middle and it creates this huge bubble that's you know, really, really big. About a third of the map is what it looked like. Um, and it might be a fourth of the map, but it was definitely twice the size or three times the size of Brimstone's ultimate, okay? It was very big and um, is like a force field that kind of covered this area, and as it takes, I think, like eight to ten seconds for it to deploy, you saw it kind of winding up and making it sound like it was generating power, kind of, and as soon as it went off, what happened to the enemy that was inside that we could see is immediately they they walked like almost like they were stunned from Brimzolt, right? But, Uh, but then, or, 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 I'm sorry, not Brim's ult, but they were stunned from Breach's ult, right? But they're walking straight and, and they look shocked. Like they look like they're walking, like they're being shocked by lightning and they have no weapon. Their weapon got put up, uh, in this particular video, Phoenix's weapon got put up. And then after the eight seconds, he was able to pull the weapon back out. But where some people might think like, oh, this is going to take forever, We immediately, as a group, started talking about the ways that this had come into play. For instance, you get a bomb site, you secure it, you plant that thing. All of a sudden, that's eight seconds. You're going to deter people from running into that bubble because if they do and they get shocked, and you have a a teammate around a certain corner, you're going to be able to take them out really quickly. It's also giving you, if you think about it, like six, maybe six seconds of freedom to run on the map. And six seconds in this game is a long time to turn a corner, to run and and take a new position against your enemy. And so pushing them out, people that are in the bubble, it looks like the coloration changes on your screen a little bit, and uh, you'll be able to tell you're in that bubble. So, man, I'm very curious to see how this pushes. It, it does seem immediately off the top. Let's talk about it, Taylor. It yeah. seems like Killjoy's overpowered a bit.
1: <sighs> so that's the thing that I'm worried about. And I think that's the biggest worry when creating a new agent and introducing a new agent. We know there's going to be two agents added per episode. Obviously, Killjoy's could be the first one. And like I said, I'm super curious, where will Killjoy lie in the power rankings for the agents? Because there is a very clear distinction of agents that are not used competitively. That's Viper, Breach is barely used. Those are your your two main ones that are, you know, pretty much like never used, right? So super curious who is going to be put to the wayside because Killjoy is just going to be that overpowered agent. I look at the video and I'm thinking to myself, okay, a lot of these don't seem too crazy in terms of like instant kill abilities and things like that whenever you think about Rage, right? But again, the deterrent aspect for Killjoy is what is going to be the most powerful aspect for this agent, more so than what seems on paper like everybody's, I I guarantee you, everybody's going to freak out about the turret. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, it has a turret? Are you kidding me? That's going to be overpowered. No, no. When you think about lockdown, as you as you mentioned it, right, as you explained it, because I think you explained it perfectly, Troy, the ability to be able to lock down your opponents for eight seconds, who are caught in that uh, ultimate, that's insane. They can't shoot back, they can't move. Like it's just it's it's easy pickings. Yeah, that's insane to me. But isn't going to be as overpowered as we think. I don't know. And also too, certain agents and certain elos are more used than other elos. Yeah. Whenever it comes to competitive elos, right. There are certain agents who aren't as overpowered as you would think, but when it goes to lower ELOs, people just don't know how to counter them. So I'm super curious in in terms of the wide array of things, where will Killjoy lie? But overall, I'm super excited to see Killjoy come into play because like I said, it's going to be another deterrent agent, much like that of Cypher, and I think that we definitely need something like that.
0: Well, I think as we continue to see Sentinels out of the game, the strategy gets even deeper, right? Uh, With these abilities to like, you know, have things waiting for other players, have these cages, have these, uh the intel that that sentinels bring. I think that's what's really interesting to see. And I don't think it's gonna be who's more at the wayside, Taylor. I'm more interested to see like, does this agent all of a sudden compliment somebody else more like Viper? More like Breach. Right. right? Is is does does it bring them into the fold when it didn't before? And trust me, one thing right has always done with league is a, like agents i say agents for them characters are, or or uh, i think it's called summoners i don't i don't remember the exact term for for league mm-hmm. but uh whenever those characters are picked and if they're not picked often they do try to change the meta they do try to buff them or nerf them uh to to get these different uh characters moved in and out of the of the meta so it's
1: right. going to be interesting to see what they do here as well yeah super curious either way it's awesome to see new agents coming in they're living up to the hype of what they said they were going to do and I'm super curious to see how uh, Killjoy is going to work out. Got a lot of attitude, as you mentioned, man. Killjoy. Man, hey, I love it. He's he's spicy agent, so I, I can't to wait to see. Coming against my Brim, though. i might to have hey, to. look. Mm. We, we, know, you mm. brim, we know you and Brim, man. My Brimstone, man. Hold up. Yeah. Now, you might be a Killjoy Bane all of a sudden. So Hey, you know. never
0: know. Might be a good alternative. All right. <laughs> you might Sounds like
1: the you know, second best Brimstone, essentially. Oh, shoot. Well, we'll see. we we'll <laughs> definitely have to see. But of course, that's your run it back a lot. Went into that section, but now it's time to top, or at least to hop into our main topics. Let's get it going. Pay attention. I learned something. Think you can keep up? Who am I kidding? You know you can't keep up. Oh, hi, Troy. How are you? Oh, hi. How are you? <laughs> Speaking of Oh, hi. We're actually going to break down a fantastic interview from Oh, hi. Wow, that was a really,
0: player. really, really cheesy segue taylor
1: (laughs) well look man what are we gonna do bro we're we're boomers we're boomers troy
0: okay (laughs) all right i take it i take it oh hi that was good it's good but yes it's a great interview by oh as well uh deserto my boys over at deserto put this one together um but yeah as you said a great uh interview by him who's joined complexity right which man complexity they got a lot of stuff going on don't they and just to kind of give an underground before we jump into this complexity has been around in CSGO for a long time and they've been very successful in CSGO for a long time. And so it makes sense for them to jump into this game. They actually kind of stayed on the sidelines for most part when it came to Fortnite. Uh, they've stayed on the sidelines a lot when it came to overwatch, right? So there's been a few years now uh, until they've really deep dived into a game. They did have some Fortnite players, but they did. Yeah. Not a lot of success. Right. And so I'm interested to see here. Uh, if you know the owner, Jason, he is, Uh, a csgo fan Uh, i can't wait to hear what he really has to say about valorant but they're putting together a team oh hi on that team and coming to talk a little bit about his experience but first off starting with csgo players advantage and taylor you know he goes on to say like he doesn't really think there's an advantage here you've you've been watching a lot of tournaments you've been part of it what do you think
1: I don't think there is, you know, necessarily, you know, we have seen some speaking of Sentinels, right? Shazam coming from Overwatch, right? I mean, clearly translated very well, even though it was a rough start. Okay, this is the thing about CSGO and people overhyped CSGO players coming into Valorant without question. They definitely have the fundamentals down, right? They have the the they know how to counter strafe, they know how to peek. It's just it's more natural of a transition over towards Valorant as opposed to someone from Fortnite or someone from Overwatch, without question. But in time, if you grind the game enough, for example, Shazam, like once again with sentinels you will then translate those skills from previous competitive games over into Valorant. We're seeing that happen much more now than before. CSGO players still dominate, still are powerful players. And like I said, they do translate well, but over time, all of that's going to even out and Valorant is just going to be its own style of game.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. He went on to even talk after that about uh, the potential of Valorant being a tier one esport. sport he, he comments that it's mainly time. And I agree with him. It is time. We've we've seen uh, events go up and up and up. As you said, the PAX Invitational, 70,000 viewers watching that. So uh, to me, I, I think he's right on target when he talks about this. Time is really important for an esport, right? The maturity of it. Um, and really to see, you know, how the community adapts to it. And does the dev keep up with the game? What is the support level, right? And so all the questions I think we had coming into this year with Valorant Esports um, really are summed up by time, right? Let's just let time kind of weigh it out. Uh, he also goes on to talk a little bit about like the biggest concerns for Valorant right now. And the concerns for him uh, real, really boil down to uh, uh, just, just being able to have um, uh, the right meta shape up, right, with the team comps. And how it will evolve over time, and how those things will come together. How new players, as we just talked about with Killjoy, how that will implement into the game. But I thought it was really interesting. There was a, another video by DeSerto that they did a an interview with one of the newest phase members, who's Zachary, uh, who joined Corey and Jason, R. and he talked about the two things he wanted changed was the Sova Dart. Uh, he felt like a Sova Dart shouldn't ping you like it does. Like it should be more like the Ultimate from Cipher right, where just a one-click ping, uh, he felt like that needed some balance, and also Rays. so it sounds like, you know, some pros have some concerns more than the others, uh, but I thought that was really interesting uh, that he didn't, that that uh, Ojai didn't bring up any of the concerns that uh, Zachary has been very vocal about, and a lot of the, actually, uh, uh, professional community has been very, very vocal about Raze, right, and how, she, how well-rounded she is, and she can do everything, and, and she has very, very explosive ability, uh, and so I I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm interested to see if some of these concerns come to pass as we make our way to Act Two.
1: Yeah, really curious myself. And and again, right with Killjoy along the way, that could blow the meta out of the water. That could absolutely blow the meta out of water. Maybe we don't see a raise as much. I think the biggest concern with raise is obviously the Ultimate and of course the utilities. When and there's been a meme going around whenever you looked at Project A, which is Valor, right? But Project A was kind of the meta right. name before. Valorant was released, or at least Valorant was out there, um, there was a distinct what quote that ended up stating basically, our agents are simply for utility. None of them can essentially do damage and, and kill people, right? And then there was this clip uh, that happened in the most recent tournaments of course with PAX, where everybody on Split was stuck in in ropes right, as they were transitioning over from B to A. And uh, it took what a Satchel Charge, a Boom Bot, and then of course a Nade, and I think three or four players were dead. So that that's where the frustration comes is is the fact is it's a little bit overpowered and, and a lot different, right? When you think of Raze, it's the only agent that has those damage abilities and that are so powerful as they are. And let's not forget the ultimate is the ultimate spacing tool and the ultimate damage weapon. And uh, Raze obviously is is in a weird uh, position. But, you know, the pros complain about it, but then the, the character development uh, guy over for Valorant, he actually doesn't think raises in a bad position, so it's going to be this balancing act that we're going to have to see Valorant, the Valorant team, really kind of implement from the pros to the lower elos, and then of course to the team themselves and what they think based on stats.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. And you you know you talk about all the different agents uh, that have been you know picked, and we, you've said it many times of like what's needed, what's demanded. He actually brought it up here as into what agents are needed for the meta so far professionally. And I thought this was very interesting. He says, I think the most useful agents in no particular order are Omen, Brimstone, and Cypher. Outside of these guys, there's a bit of wiggle room depending on your team's play style and how you approach the game. Uh, He does go on to say that right now, uh, there seems to be a meta shift where teams are slowly implementing JET for their operator, right, to use their op, uh, and getting rid of Sova and Sage on some maps, putting Phoenix on others. So, you know, very interesting to see already the meta starting to change. We've talked about this many times of how in the, in the uh, alpha and the beta, we saw a lot of Viper being used. Yep. But then all of a sudden the full game came out, Viper never getting used, still doesn't. Uh, but I, I really want to talk about these, these maps real quick and, and what he gives. He says blind. And you tell yeah, me what blind, you think yeah. about this, Taylor. Yes,
1: yeah, On so bind, blind. Yeah, yep. Sova, Brimstone, Jet, Sage, and Cypher. Yeah, makes sense to me. So when you think about Bind, right, that's the map with the, the TPs, right, the teleports. Yep. Um... You have two bomb sites. You have Alpha Bravo. Your Sova is fantastic for getting a line of sight, I think on any map right out there, uh, which actually I look at the other maps and Sova's only used for Ascent, but we'll get to that later. So Sova, incredibly useful because there's so many angles that you can use, uh, you know, of course, his tracking dart. Brimstone, of course, is fantastic. Uh, Brimstone, I think, is fantastic on all maps given the fact that, you know, his, his molly is incredibly powerful. You can use that to space out your opponents. You can use that to shut down lanes. You can put that in conjunction with your smokes. He's just powerful. Jet fantastic. I think Jet is the standard for all maps given the fact that Jet obviously is is great when paired with uh with an op, which right now the op meta is hugely beneficial. Sage on that map makes sense because walls are incredibly important plus the ability to uh uh to be able to heal, right, is just great on any map that you're out there and Cyphers are fantastic. Uh not only for locking down sites that you take over but also stopping those flanks. So, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm happy with it. I think Bind seems uh Pretty, pretty even based on those agents, and that's what we see. It's pretty par for the course.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. We got split here. It says cipher, omen, jet, sage, and rays. And as we go through here for split, for haven and ascent, they both include for, for And again, this is all from Ohio. This is his perspective in sure. the pro scene right now. But uh, for split, haven, and ascent include cipher and omen, guaranteed right off the bat. So those yep. two are already. A, so the only difference for split is jet, sage, and rays. Would we'll just say because of split, the really the verticality is why you have uh, a
1: jet come in as well? I think jet is just like I said, getting those you know quick picks with the op and then dashing out incredibly important. be able to uh, you know, if you want to you know run a shoddy and you want to be able to go for run a judge, right? You can use jets dash. There's a lot of great angles that you could, like you said, you can use jet, just kind of clear those angles super quick, get out of the way. Uh, I think she's incredibly, incredibly useful for just uh, clearing the ground. What is the most popular push on split? It's really the middle control, and Jet can dominate mid-control, especially with their dashes and quickly get in between that box and that little ledge, if you will. Um, Sage, fantastic for walls. We see it constantly used, and she can be used whether it be on A site or B site. The hills, of course, are always fantastic. And of course, Rays has to be in there, right? I think Raze on split is great because of all those close quarter of angles. You always have those, you know, those tight angles, those tights, like, for example, right, what I just mentioned before, that clip that ended up taking place during the PAX tournament and that little uh that little lower ground in between uh where ropes is at over by A, right? Raise yep. makes sense and is fantastic for spacing out. There's a lot of utility there, especially with her ultimate. She can shut down some uh big lanes.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting you talk about split. Like you said, controlling mid is so important there. Able to have Sage to block off an area, right? I think when you think through these maps right now, it's more so like how can I attack and win? Because yeah. I feel like defense is it, it can be done really well with a with a different group of of agents, Very right? Well it's said. really about the attacking yeah. uh, portion well of said. these maps. And so for for me on split, like having a sage be able to push that mid and control whether you're going to go to A or B through ropes, uh, and then Ray's really her ability to throw the nade and clear ropes room or clear B heaven is the key to her nade there. Uh, right. And I think that's what's so important whenever you talk about substituting raise into split.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think raise is fantastic because, you know, with split, if you're going to take over a site, you have to be explosive. Like you have 100%. to push in hard, right? I mean, it's not one of those maps you can really slow play because defense is going to eat that up. They're just going to eat your time away and then you're going to be forced to make aggressive pushes. So, I, you know, this agent composition, it, it's all aggression. At least it pushes forward and it makes sense to me. It really does.
0: Yeah, with Haven and Ascent both, like I said, you have Cypher and Omen again, Jet showing up again on Haven uh, along with Phoenix and Sage. I think what's so interesting about this is that, and we've talked about all these other people, but Cypher and Omen, the ability to do the two opposite things, right? One is give you tons of intel and protect your back, right? essentially with Cypher. Or you can also use him to be pretty offensive and push, right? But a lot of people use him to grab the intel immediately, uh, and, and also to watch their back, right, with those trip wires. Yes. Um, and then you have Omen, who just is so secretive, right? He just gets in behind the enemy. His ability to, to, to distort the vision of the enemy uh, and then get there is just so interesting to me because they're on opposite scales, but they're needed on all these maps to really sure. be able to perform and do what you want to do. Uh, on Haven, when you start talking about uh, three different sites, I think you need a little more of that offensive power. And so I think going with Phoenix here over, a, over a, uh, a sage, right, or a raise. Like, sure. for instance, here, they, he does list sage, but to me, for, for Haven, man, I think a little more attack power is great, right? Yeah. Because of yeah. how many different sides are. But I do get the sage play because you, of all the rotations in that map, Sage is really ideal to put up that wall and stop at least one angle of rotations.
1: Oh, Sage is fantastic for shutting down C pushes. You know, we've seen that time and time and time again, and she's really monumental on those C pushes, 100% hands down. Um, I will say this, though. You know, from watching and hearing the complaints, whether it be from Hiko and, and countless other pros about the op meta, double op meta, super, super curious as to why we don't have more smokes, right? Why don't we have a brim on Haven? Why don't? Yep. Because one of the biggest complaints is you don't have enough counters for countering those op plays. And when you think about pushing C, you know, you think about that wide open uh, alleyway that you have to go down unless you hit up garage, right? So I am very uh, interested to see as to what, or at least kind of think through Why there is, uh, you know, not as many smokes used on Haven as opposed to the other ones. But Omen, granted, can smoke himself. But, uh, you know, honestly, it's so early to tell. And we've been seeing so many unique men. And that's the beautiful thing about Valorant at this point in time is how much, you know, uniqueness goes from team to team to team and and what they feel comfortable with.
0: Yeah. In in this whole article, the one one agent that's never mentioned is Reyna.
1: Yeah. Never. He never mentions
0: Reyna one time, right? Uh, And I thought that was really interesting. He even says, these competitions have more than enough room to sub in agents like your man. This is a shout out to you, Reflections (laughs) Missed Breach, right? So they can sub in Breach for raise on some maps to really show that flexibility. Uh, And the flexibility to put Sova on every map depends on your team's play style, right? Right. Uh, I I was going to, you know, the last one here was Ascent, having Cypher, Omen, Brimstone, Sova, and Phoenix. I think Brimstone is so critical for Ascent because of that middle play you exactly, gotta have smokes yes. to be able to make a play on it. Yes. There, there's immediate angles off the bat. If you don't have smokes for both sides, that can be detrimental. So even if you have somebody that's like really good at oping compared to somebody that's not as good, um, they can really take advantage of that map if you don't have the smokes to block their line of sight. So, um, yep. yeah, very interesting. I think Sova's ideal for that map, especially because of how the rotations go right through the middle. Yep. Uh, but yeah, very, very interesting to see. Where, where the pros are thinking and what Ohio's thinking as they as they look at
1: their team comps. Anything,
0: any any last little nugget you want to throw on there.
1: Like I said, you know, the, the meta continues to change. One of the biggest things about Ascent and even other maps now is the fact that, you know, teams are going with Sageless comps because they want the flashes, they want the smokes, right? They want to be more aggressive and they want more deterrence against the ops. So Sage once uh, obviously, still used on three of the most dominant maps, of bind, split, and haven. But there will come a time that we might not see Sage used on the majority of maps, which is something that we thought would be unthinkable especially when uh, the beta was out. So very curious as to see, uh, you know, how the meta is going to shift up in the future. And, you know, as our
0: listeners love to enjoy and get advice from us mediocre players uh, here on (laughs) on the game. uh, However, we got some good tips, the good things that uh, DeSerto dug out here uh, from Ojai, the three pieces of advice for upcoming players looking to break through. And I wanted to share these with all the listeners. Number one, the best piece of advice ever given to me was to find the one thing you enjoy the most in the game and never stop doing it. Learn and master that one skill until you think it's time to move on and always have an open mind. I thought that's a great tip, number one, Taylor. Number two, it says, stay humble and don't let the opinions of others affect you. You're capable of greater heights than you know. And number three, make as many friends as possible. You never know where your breakthrough opportunity is hiding and everyone should look at Valorant as a clean slate and the fresh start. So, I mean, I, some great advice here uh, for upcoming players if you're looking to get into it. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, man, find some friends as you're grinding through this. It's yes. been a lot of fun. I know even us, Taylor, our little group of people expanding, having new people come in and play with us. It's really disappointing when we find a 15-year-old that's better than all of us, but it keeps oh, happening. Uh, but, yeah, 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 but it, it, it is a <laughs> lot of fun, but I thought it was a great moment and great article. Uh, guys, go check it out on Deserto. Uh, and like I said, it's called Ohi, uh, the Ohi interview. A lot of good stuff in there if you want to read a little bit about what's going on in the pro scene. But those were some some tips and tricks. But well, we're gonna give you the real tips and tricks this week here mm. on save or spend. Halftime. If you saved, spend it. You don't save a thing. All right, Taylor. Mini map awareness, my friend. Yes. This is the thing we're gonna talk about today. Uh, and This is the thing that gets me killed the most because hmm. I'm paying too much attention to my minimap. <laughs> but it's the thing that I want to punch the other people on my team for oh. sometimes because they don't look <laughs> at the mini-map enough, right? So okay. I got to find that balance in between for myself, and I need other people to look at it more. So I thought, hey, let's talk about it. So first off, you can change the size of your minimap, everybody, okay? You can change it. You can also change how it rotates if you want it to be stationary, which is typically... What a lot of people play with is the stationary map. You can have that. Uh, if you like it to move with how you're, where you're looking, you can have it. look at that. The most important thing, though, about your mini-map is be aware where the enemies are placed when they appear on your mini-map, right? The other thing is look for pings. I played with a couple yes. guys today that were amazing about pinging, right? Less words. You know what, Another tip for getting better as you go through ranks? Ping things. Start using pings like, and, and those are the nonverbal connections. And if you're playing with good players, they're going to pick up on them. Uh, and I love when someone starts pinging players where they are, right? It's very yep. beneficial. So make sure if someone catches somebody out of the corner of their eye, they might not even see it on your mini map. You show it, you ping it out, show it, start paying attention to your mini and looking for those pings. Taylor, what are some advice you have for mini map awareness?
1: So something that I can apply from Call of Duty and across all titles is I really want you guys to start paying attention to the minimap in regards to where your site uh, where your sight cone is at and where your uh where your yep. you know friendlies, where your team's sight cones are at, because of the fact you don't want to be watching the same angle as the rest of the people out there. Rest. Oh, of your somebody teammates. should
0: be watching the other angle? Like if exactly. I'm exactly. Some- That's why I get so mad when people look the same doorway I'm looking, Taylor.
1: (laughs) Every (sighs) time. No, but this is a a common theme across all esports and gaming, and it's something people don't think about because what do you want to do? Oh, there's a person bathrooms. So everybody's going to look bathrooms because they want that kill first, right? They don't want the assist. They don't want to miss out on the KD. They want the kill themselves. But because everybody is watching bathrooms, all of a sudden there's somebody coming down, you know, long A. All right. Yep. So that's something to think about. And if you're not watching, you're not, you don't have map awareness, right? You don't keep your head on a swivel. You're going to be in trouble because then someone's going to flank you or someone's going to take you out from a different angle and you're not going to get a kill at all. You're just going to get a death. And then all of a sudden your team is going to be at a disadvantage. Minimap awareness is so, so critical.
0: Yeah. And those sight cones are what's so important. As you look at the minimap, that sight cone might catch somebody, just a the, just the foot of an enemy and it will show up on that minimap for a second and the rest of your team might have never seen it. But you get that audible cue, like, enemy over here, right? But, like, exactly, everybody, nobody pays attention because they don't see the enemy on the, on the mini-map anymore, or they don't see it showing up or hear the fight. Uh, so it's very important. Mini-map awareness is a key, guys. If you got some tips for us, make sure you leave it in the comments. Tweet them at us. Anything on mini-map awareness, we'd love to share it with the community as well. But, Taylor, take us in to
1: our match point. Match point. Let's close up shop. We know more than we did before. Let's use that. All right, so everybody wants to get better at the game, right? We're always teaching you guys how to get better. But now it's time for us to teach ourselves, us to think and reflect, if you will, no pun intended because my name's Reflections, about what we want to get better at. So I'm not going to lie. I love to hop into games and just get it going. Sometimes I don't have time throughout my day to uh, warm up, if you will. And it shows because when I go into the game, whether it be Spike Rush, unrated, or competitive, and I haven't warmed up, My team suffers because of it. And because of that, I need to start finding time to warm up. Even if it's just five minutes into training rounds, I have Kovacs on my computer. Maybe I go and warm up on the Kovacs and then translate those skills onto the bots in-game. I've been looking at some, some awesome YouTube videos as of recently and even some Reddit posts that have actually... Uh, people and 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 thank the Lord for these guys out there, right? Who have been posting oh, this stuff. Yeah. They're literally posting like an entire regiment of what they want to get better at and how they do get better at the game. And there's this one guy, and I forget his name, but he went from iron all the way up into diamond uh, because what? of the fact that yeah. So he very strict with his regiment. He used Kovacs to warm up and kind of get everything situated, and then he went into the game, and then he warmed up his sheriff shot. Then he would warm up his Phantom. He would warm up his up and he would just kind of go down the list in total it would take him like 30 minutes to do but if you think about it 30 minutes isn't a long time that's less than you know no, your I most mean, normal it, unrated or uh, rated games well if you're
0: taking it that serious if you're trying to really get better at the game and you know play semi-pro or play pro or start playing in tournaments it's just like any sport taylor you got yep. to practice you got to put in the wrong you know you, whenever you play baseball you don't do a whole lot of running right like you don't run during the game but I guarantee you in baseball, if you've ever played baseball in high school or did, yeah. even even in college, right? There's a lot of running you still do. You still got to that, run. You right. still got to work out. You got to be ready for those moments, those bursts that you need. Uh, and this is the same thing. You got to be ready. You got to set your time up. So I'm with you. I've actually been doing the same thing. I jump in the game and I at least try to make myself get a 20 count on the medium setting uh, on the shooting range. So as long as I get 20 heads in 30 seconds, I want to do it three times in a row. That's kind of my mark that, Hey, I'm, I'm starting to warm up a little bit and I'll go play a couple spike rushes. But like you said, there's some other awesome things you can do out there as well to warm up your aim. And, uh, I think that can be a match point for me almost every week, Taylor, to continue to get better at my aim for sure. Uh, but mine this week is even simpler than that. Hmm. Mine has finished my act one battle pass with, uh, August 4th, right around the corner, the end of act one, the beginning of act two, I want to make sure I finish it out. And so I'm really excited to do it. Um, I'm one, like, I think I'm 2,000 away from getting to level 50, and then I need to finish level 50. Uh, But if you're not, if you're too far away, don't forget, guys, you can buy those levels. uh, Because I don't know if you want to necessarily say you missed out on Act 1 accomplishments. Years down the road, you might be able to, you know, uh, be really happy that you have those, kind of like some of the other games out there. Season one always seems to be the, the rarest items. Uh, yes, it does. in the game, so
1: we'll see. FOMO, fear of missing out, man. Hey, that's a very real thing, and that's why... We unload our wallet right whenever a new skin's yeah, come out. I haven't much. been doing it, but it is too much. But fear of missing out, man. It's like, oh, is is, is that gonna be back in, in the game? Fortnite got me with that. Spent like 2000 dollars No, sir. Yeah. Not doing it here with Valorant. I'm not doing it again. Chat or chat. I don't every know. Every podcast. We're already we're already
0: we're already on we're already on that path, Taylor. Unfortunately.
1: Say hey, speak for yourself, Troy. I haven't spent any money as of yet, but I'm not gonna lie, I've those cherry blossom skins? Much. Uh, I might have to break the bank with those because Mm. they are Mm. clean. Either way, it's always great to be able to talk some Valorant, not only with you, Troy, but also for the listeners at home. And I got to say, if you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating or a comment, whether it be on Podbeam or here on iTunes. We'd greatly appreciate it. We love hearing from you. And I can't lie, whether it be for Troy or myself, Ask the Agents is one of our favorite sections. We love breaking down the questions that you bring to the table. And we love just hearing what you think about the show in general. But of course, this episode has come to an end. And for the 12th episode, we do appreciate you stopping by. And we hope to see you guys again on our next one. Grab some water, refill those clips, and let's get back out there.